Mark your calendars. February 27th is Term Limits Day. Hi, I'm Philip Lumel. Welcome to No Uncertain Terms, the official podcast of the Term Limits Movement for the week of January 6th, 2020. Your sanctuary from partisan politics. Happy New Year. 2020 will be an important one for the Term Limits Movement as we are gearing up for the new legislative sessions in the states. Many legislatures will be considering the term limits conventions bills, and legislators need to know that citizens are watching. Celebrating term limits day is a great way to send that message. Let's discuss this and other matters with U.S. term limits executive director, Nick Tombalides. Hey, Nick. Happy New Year. And to you. How were your holidays? Excellent. Excellent. Got to spend a lot of time with the family. Got to overindulge in uh, Turkey uh, and the uh, accoutrements. Uh, the only thing I don't like, though, is that song, 12 Days of Christmas. I, I feel like eight days of Christmas would be a much better <laughs> time frame. You know, eight eight, right. eight days would really instill the urgency uh, and the purpose in Christmas. I think right. that was intended by the founders of it. But, that you know, that's okay. <laughs> no, I understand. I, as we mentioned on a previous podcast, I was traveling with my family, so my holidays were special, too. So I'm glad to hear it. You know, there's another special holiday coming up in a month or so. Term Limits Day. Here, here, February 27th, and um, this will be the second annual iteration of this new holiday announced by us, and our first one last year was a lot of fun, and actually it was a lot bigger than we really expected. We didn't know what to expect. Um, we chose the date of February 27th because that was the date that the 22nd Amendment was passed, which established tournaments on the U.S. president. Yes, and at the time that happened, in 1951, the president was Harry Truman, and mm-hmm. Harry Truman sent a note to the Congress uh, basically asking, hey, um, why didn't you include yourselves in this? Uh, that's sort of odd. And he actually, he actually wrote that um, term limits for Congress would cure seniority and senility to terrible legislative diseases. Right. That amendment has worked out well and has remained enormously popular. And we're all still asking the question, why didn't Congress include themselves? Of course, we know the answer to that. They want to stay in office forever. It's uh, the perks of power are too great to turn down. And so we need to remind them every year that people out here outside of Washington still feel the same way. We want to have termlets on the U.S. Congress. As long as I've been involved with this organization, we've gotten emails and calls from people that say, I want to do something. I want to have a march on Washington. Let's get let's get 100,000, let's get a million people up to Washington, D.C., and let's have a march on the Capitol, and let's let these politicians know how we feel. And, you know, when I first hear that, I well, actually, I sort of agree with them. I'd love to do something like that. But when I really think about it, they already know how we feel. And we'd be having this kind of march in Washington, D.C., a place, the only place in America where people don't believe in term limits. It would cost a lot of money. We'd have to load up buses. And we're not an AstroTurf organization. We're a real grassroots organization. We live out here in the real world where people have jobs and they don't just fly up to Washington to march around. That just isn't something that I think is going to work for our movement, at least not at this point. You know, maybe when it come down to the, the final fight over this issue, maybe something like that would be appropriate. We started thinking when we put together this idea, this new holiday, is that let's not put ourselves out like that. Let's make ourselves known where it really matters, in the district, where not where everybody hates tournaments, but where everybody supports tournaments. That's where we want to see these politicians see us show support for this issue. 
Right. Yeah, I would agree. I think um, Washington, D.C. didn't make term limits. The term limits movement doesn't owe anything to Washington, D.C. And frankly, you know, banging our head up against the wall up there is is just not going to do that much. I think it has to be grassroots effort. It has to start right in the community. Um, right. And so, I, we're you know, we're hoping to make it bigger and better than ever before. But for it to work, it really has to resonate with community, resonate with people locally, because that's how term limits get started. Um, so I, I'd say rallies, sine waves, get-togethers, um, trying to get some coverage in your local newspaper or on television, and then we can take over social media and try to make it the biggest issue of the day. Uh, but it really is an amazing opportunity, and I think it's a good chance for us to get together and regale each other with stories of how little politicians have accomplished in the last 50 years. That's the truth. And speaking of social media, that was one of our unexpected successes of last year. You know, we sent out information that tournaments day was February 27th, and everybody should go out and make some kind of public statement about tournaments in some way. And, wow, we got retweets by Senators Rand Paul, Governor Rick Scott of Florida, by Mike Brown, by Ted Cruz, former Ambassador Nikki Haley, and many uh, state legislators. And we had the biggest traffic day that we had ever had at U.S. tournaments up to that point because of excitement about this new holiday. The goal always for Term Limits Day, I think, always has to be making it bigger than the year prior. What we want to do is we want to boost it, we want to improve, we want to strengthen it, we want to learn from the things we didn't do well, we want to keep the parts that we thought we did well last time. So we're going to be expanding on this idea as we get a lot closer to February 27th. But the number one thing is it's to celebrate why we have term limits for the president and how important it is to do it for Congress. And to me, from my personal perspective, it's not just the presidential term limits we celebrate, but we also celebrate the tradition that was set at the very start of our country by George Washington, back when he resigned his military commission and then he retreated back into private life instead of becoming a king. You know, we celebrate the farewell address he gave when he stepped down from the presidency instead of going for a third term. And that's when there were no term limits in place. So it's about remembering that this issue is woven into the national DNA it's a symbol of America, a symbol of everything that we stand for, that we guard against the accumulation of too much power. Um, and I just love seeing people come together to celebrate it and to really send a wake-up call to the political class. Well put. On our website at tournaments.com, we have a store. And you can order yard signs. You can order T-shirts, hats, bumper stickers, uh, magnets for the side of your car. That's a great thing to drive around with on Tournaments Day and any other day but definitely on Tournaments Day. If you want to participate in this, and please do, if you're listening to this podcast, you definitely should, um, order something that you can use to proclaim the message on that date. February 27th, Tournaments Day. Hi, this is Scott Tillman, the National Field Director with U.S. Term Limits. U.S. Term Limits is working hard to get candidates committed to congressional term limits. At both the state and federal levels, we continue to gain new signers for our term limits pledges, in the state legislatures, hundreds of candidates have signed the pledge to co-sponsor, vote for, and defend the resolution applying for an Article 5 convention for the sole purpose of enacting term limits on Congress. In the last two weeks, we have had 25 new candidates sign this pledge. We now have over 250 seated state legislators who have pledged to support term limits for Congress. If you have access to a candidate, please ask them to sign our pledge. Pledges are available at termlimits.com. I'm holding here in my hands, Phil, an original mm -hmm. and historic term limits document. Do you have Ooh. any idea what this is? 
Um, this is an original signed pledge by Senator Susan Collins from Maine, dated April 15, 1996, promising that she will campaign for a term limits amendment and step down from the Senate after two terms. This should be in a glass case at the Smithsonian. <laughs> because since Collins put pen to paper on this in 1996, she has been elected to four full terms and is now running for a fifth. Wow. She's been in D.C. 23 years, nearly double what she had promised. It's such a testament to the way the swamp works, the way it breaks your spirit, breaks the, the trust that you had with the voters. Before we uh, stomp on her for this, which we will and she deserves, that was a two-part pledge. And one of them was that she was going to support the efforts in the Congress to pass a tournament's amendment. And to her credit, when she was fresh in office, and she really ran on this issue, by the way, part of the reason why she won and became part of the U.S. Senate is because she ran on the issue of term limits. Part of that pledge said that if she's elected, she will support the constitutional amendment. And uh, she did. She backed the issue and she voted for it when she had the ability to do so as a senator. So for that, she deserves some credit. Now, the second half of the pledge which, by the way, I think that we've talked about this in earlier podcasts, we don't ask people to self-limit anymore. But we certainly expect people that take pledges to the public to live up to them. And this is an example of a politician who thought the idea was great when she was running for office. But then over time, like Ronald Reagan said, she initially saw Washington, D.C. as a swamp. And then she got there and she found it as more like a hot tub. And she wanted to stay. And so now she's looking at, if she gets, ele- gets elected again next year, She's going to be the chairwoman of the Senate Appropriations Committee, which is arguably one of the most powerful chairmanships in the U.S. Senate. So she's made it after 24 years, and she says, oh, I can't relinquish this power because I can do so much now for the people of Maine. Gosh. I know it. Yeah. Now, we've heard this a zillion times, and there's some truth to it in the sense that it does take – 24 years to get that kind of power in the Congress. And that's one of the things that's very, very wrong with the Congress. Um, With term limits, of course, people could leave their private lives and their private professions, spend some time in the Congress, achieve some level of power, make a difference without spending their entire career there. Considering what you just said, I would have made a deal with her. If she had come to the table and said, look, Now that I'm in the Senate, I realize that seniority and years in power are the key to having influence in this body. It's wrong, but that's just the way it is. I wish we could change it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stay here as long as I need to, to do what's right for the people of Maine. But I'm also going to sponsor a constitutional amendment that would term limit everybody. That way we could smash the seniority system. We could dismantle it. You'd impose a limit that affects every single member of this body and seniority wouldn't be as important anymore. It would be about who has the best ideas. It would be about who has the best expertise in various subject matter. But she didn't do that, Phil. She gave up not only on her self-limit, but also on her vow to sponsor the amendment. And by the way, these pledges have no expiration dates. If you sign this pledge, we expect as an organization that you will keep your word for as long as you are in Congress. And she did not do that, and it was very disappointing. And I'll tell you, she's on the ballot this year, and what I find so odious about the whole thing is that her opponents have been too dumb to capitalize on it. They are not calling her out for breaking this pledge. This could be the biggest issue in the Senate election in Maine. She could face a primary for this. She could be vulnerable in the general election, but the opponents are not capitalizing on it, and it's just bad 
politics. If you really want to be proactive, you need to really grill. You need to call Susan Collins out on the carpet for this, and you need to give her a serious grilling about why she broke her promise to the people of Maine. And so far, I don't see anyone doing that. Uh, so I would not be surprised if Susan Collins gets reelected to a fifth term. Well, yeah, I, I, that would not surprise me at all. One thing that really stands out about her is that she ran on this issue, and she ran against someone that had been in office for I don't remember how many years, but it was more than 24 years. Joe Brennan was his name. And the Washington Post noted back then that Susan Collins had this rhetorical point that she'd make. Uh, She told a Rotary Club to close their eyes next time they hear Joe Brennan, the incumbent, speak, quote, and ask yourself what year you're in. It could be 1964, the year he first ran. The world has changed, but Joe Brennan's ideas haven't. Now, You could do the same thing with Susan Collins today. The 2016 National Republican Party platform includes an endorsement of congressional term limits and posits that the GOP would be the party to impose them. Keep this in mind when talking to Republican legislators about the subject. Here's the full text of that plank as it stands currently in their platform under the heading Advancing Term Limits. Quote, Our national platform has repeatedly endorsed term limits for members of Congress. In response, the GOP leadership in 1996 brought to a vote in both the House and Senate a constitutional amendment. It failed to secure the necessary two-thirds vote in the House where 80% of Republicans voted for it and 80% of Democrats voted against it. Every Senate Republican voted to allow a vote on term limits, but the Democrats killed it by a filibuster. Blocked by that opposition... Republicans sought other ways to modernize the national legislature. They set term limits for their own committee chairs and leadership positions, and by law they required Congress to live by the same rules it imposes on others. To make further progress, to advance a constitutional amendment for consideration by the states, we must expand the current Republican majorities in both chambers, unquote. Another noted politician is talking about uh, scrapping the tournament that he faces, and that is Vladimir Putin of Russia. He's been in office since the year 2000, and you know they have a two, four-year tournament just like we do in the United States. And after he was in office for eight years, he didn't want to leave. He came up with an ingenious plan where he switched places with the prime minister, and the prime minister became president, and he became the prime minister of the Duma. And uh, that worked out for one term, but uh, Putin couldn't stand it and sort of reneged on the deal, and he was really the power behind the throne. So he demanded to return to his position as president. Well, now it's been two terms again, and so he's already talking about how he's going to retain his power after his term ends. You've heard this story before, maybe. Absolutely, yeah. I've I've heard this story in uh, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Uh, for example, <laughs> everywhere. But, but, you know, yeah, it's just a natural inclination of a politician to want to keep power. They're like moths to a flame. They just keep going back. In the case of Putin, though, it's it's like a kabuki theater act. He's run Russia since 2000. There was a brief intermission where his hand selected puppet stepped in and then he came back. Now they want to talk about a new constitution, which would let him come back in. 
I'm surprised they're going to that great a length to try to disprove the fact that he's a dictator. It's like you're denying the obvious reality of what we know. It reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where George Costanza quits a job, but then he shows up at the office anyway and just pretends like it never happened. That's basically basically what Putin is trying to do with term limits. Right. It really is a quasi-dictatorship, much like what we saw Chavez do in Venezuela and well, we've seen this story so many times play out throughout the world and even in the United States. Um, so he doesn't want to just come out and just refuse to honor it. He has the power he needs in the Duma to change the Constitution to simply throw it out so he could stay longer. He prefers not to, I think. I think he prefers the trapping of being a Democrat rather than the fact of being revealed as a quasi-dictatorial character. One thing I learned from this story that I I didn't know before is that Putin does not have as tight a grip on power um, as I had thought. We don't normally associate Russia with having a competitive election or having press freedom, but there are apparently some real threats to him, to his power political threats coming in uh, 2021. So he's not just guaranteed a rigged election, which is good. No, that's correct. There there are members Mm -hmm. of uh, Congress, probably, who have tighter grips on their jobs than Putin does right now. There is parties in that country. Now, he has a lot of power to, to wield, so it isn't as competitive as it might sound. But his United Russia party is facing challenges here. And by the way, part of it is because of this tournaments issue. The biggest protests that we've seen in Russia since he has held power was when he took back power early um, after his deal with Medvedev, his hand-picked person to hold a position while he pretended he was prime minister. The people found that very frustrating, and they were in the streets about it. His grasp on power isn't complete. I miss the days of like when the Russian president was just an old lush... Uh, like Boris Yeltsin, who couldn't do more than eight, <laughs> who couldn't do more than eight years, even if he wanted to. But you know, P- mm-hmm. Putin is a young guy. He's very fit. He's riding around on these horses all the time. He could stay in for another twenty, twenty-five years, realistically, if he wanted to. It's yeah. important, at least for the people of Russia, that these term limits are uh, respected. But it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. There's a quote in here from the uh, the chairman of the Russian legislature, Duma, and um, he said Russia's constitution is getting old. The Constitution's 25 years old. The Constitution is younger than me. It sounds like a millennial brat who's bummed out because his parents made him stay home and watch home movies with grandma. This is getting old. Well, no, it's the Constitution and it has to be respected. That's right. So we'll keep you um, informed on this story. It's an ongoing one, but maneuvers are being made right now, and Putin's going to try to stay longer, and um, we'll see what happens. The Vladdy Daddy. Oh, by the way, I, I have a funny little anecdote for you here. Have you ever noticed that for a lot of congressmen, when you email them asking if they support term limits, they will send a response. There was a guy in Maine, I think Jared Golden sent this. Term limits okay. would require a constitutional amendment, which can only be proposed by a two-thirds vote in Congress. Thank you for your time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, what's your answer? It's like my wife asked me, Nick, are you going to go on a diet? I say, A diet would require making responsible life choices and not spending three hours at Olive Garden every day. Thank you for your time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But what are you going to do? What's your position? They skirt the question, and it's so dishonest, so disingenuous. Right. Well, I think that we know what that politician is going to do, and I think we also know what you're going to (laughs) do. You can't see me, but I'm fastening a bib onto myself right now. Thanks for joining us for this episode of No Uncertain Terms. Term limits are an American tradition that is worth celebrating. On February 27th, how will you publicly show your support for Term Limits Day 
for ideas, go to turnlimits.com forward slash day. For swag, go to turnlimits.com forward slash shop. Feel free to contact us with your ideas through our website as well. Whatever you do, be sure to document it on social media. Thanks. We'll be back next week. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave a review. The No Uncertain Terms podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and now Google Play. U-S-T-L. Yeah.